0: and to remind yourself that writers are people who write. Mothers are people who mother. Fathers are people who father. We are doing the verbs, right? And sometimes we get tangled in the good enough and all of these things. Am I a good mom? Am I not? It doesn't matter, I'm still showing up today. So I can show up as a writer too and I don't need to get in the weeds about, about whether or not it's good enough, right?
1: Welcome to episode 22. Today we have a guest that I'm very excited about. I've actually been on our podcast before, a few years ago. So you know, it's good to have ours ours this time. But Libby is a friend. She is a facilitator, a writer, a mom. She's published a book called Baby Bites. It's a book that I'm very excited to speak about today. So you're going to get into it a little bit. Libby is a graduate of old mba she has a creative writing certificate from Writer Studio, San Jose University. She has a bachelor of arts from the University of Winnipeg, a certificate in project management from the University of Regina. She speaks French and English. And I know this person because by... Dr. Basley a few times she's traveled to so many countries, including in South Nigeria. I'm excited to have Libby on the show with us today. Libby, welcome.
0: Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah.
1: This is I was looking at the calendar this is probably four or five years from when I was on your podcast, and I remember back then it was yeah, it was a different time it was uh, like before the pandemic, everything was different, but since then we've kept in touch in many ways a lot of happened in your life. I'm just curious, how' steam been for you? What are like some of the biggest changes that have happened since then?
0: You got it. Oh my gosh. My last podcast episode, I was delighted to see that you wanted to chat one because we'd get to chat. And also, I haven't been on a podcast since I put out my last podcast episode. And I did love it. And that was in March 2020. My last episode went out the week before my city shut down. And coincidentally, that was also the week that I was 40 weeks pregnant. So 40 weeks is the due date. So all of that was at once that I went through this transition of what I was doing to this new path in life, but then also everything in society changed radically. So I had my son at 42 weeks, two weeks overdue. It was a great catalyst creatively for me and ended up publishing a book, starting a business I didn't expect to. But really, all those conversations from the podcast that I'd done were some of the greatest conversations I had to carry me forward into a lonelier time, into a more uncertain time. I
1: remember like, the podcast was called The Traveling Mind Podcast. And I remember, like, it is the podcast about traveling, but you found a creative way to make it about, you know, conversations and people's mindset, people's creativity, exploration, not just like physically traveling, but also exploration through life, through different experiences. What inspired you to create that podcast? And, you know, if you can think back to some of the conversations we had, what were your favorite conversations from the show?
0: Oh, great question. What inspired me? Well, I had it in the back of my head. I, I think that you have a journalism background, Tori. I never did that. And I always had this itch to get to know people better and interview people. And I've always been really people oriented. So my friend Mark, he actually, he still has his podcast. It's called the Rise Up Pod podcast, Rise Up. And he interviews bakers. It's quite Mm -hmm. unique. He's done almost 200 episodes. So he'd started that for some time. And I was, it was in my head. I got to do this. I got to do this. And then I saw Obama speak actually in Winnipeg. He said something that made me missed out. I was there. You were. Hey, Tony, we met each other before we met each other. (laughs) So, so yeah, I attended as well. And he said something that just made like moved me. And it was, how do we create a global community that recognizes one another? and that's always been like any time i've traveled i'd have had all these fears before i've arrived somewhere or thinking ways it's going to be and then it doesn't turn out that way and it turns out that we're all quite human and those things happen so often and so i wanted a podcast that would reflect the travel that i love which is slower which is more thoughtful which is really human centered it's not about places and destinations it's about how the person is hoping to change and learn about humanity. So, so that's why traveling minds to me. It was like, let's let's take this, let's let's push the boundaries on how we see travel and herald travel, because I think there's a lot more to it. I think you become a good traveler from home and the way you think.
2: That's very interesting because I don't believe you guys had met when there was an event. I don't know how to pronounce it, but like. You spoke at an event where they give you like six minutes or six seconds. Oh I do you remember in oh,
1: yeah. which yeah
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> we get yeah. the yeah. I think Libby said he will <laughs> and, and I think she spoke as well. I remember Clearly. You spoke. So I don't know if you guys had met but before how long you had met, but I think that you saying what you just said about like the quote that stood out for you from Obama, it makes so much sense because I remember when you spoke at that event. And you spoke about traveling and I don't know where you had, I mean, this was a few years back, so I can't remember everything. But I think you just came from an African country, if I'm not mistaken. And I don't know which one. But for someone, okay, obviously Africa is big, but for someone who maybe Africa would closer, like a different parts of Africa, right? But I'm from West Africa. But you probably went to East Africa. And the way you spoke about East Africa. To be honest, I really commend you for that, because even though I'm West African, I don't think I'll be able to explain the culture the way you did, and then just seeing someone so curious and like you came alive talking about the experiences and you didn't care where you had to stay. you didn't you didn't feel anyhow like you weren't all about like the luxury or like the fancy. Like you were just so down to earth, and it was so beautiful to see. I don't know if I can do something like that, but it was beautiful to see, and how you had backpacks for how like for a while, and you were just going like wow. And so, coming from that to like you know that life, and then now like I can imagine how different it is. But that was very beautiful.
0: Oh, thank you, thank you. That's really kind of say. There was when I first left home when I was eighteen. I wanted to go to Ireland. I had that in my head. And actually at the Millennium Library in Winnipeg, there was a speaker coming and he was a traveler. And the thing that he said was, people create the paradise you find. And so that really stuck with me. And it was like, if if I can trust in people, I think I can go anywhere. And those were some of the conversations that on the podcast that I found and Toby and I were in the same cohort for Pachukcha. And so we spoke on the same evening. And and the same sort of thing gets revealed that it's like, oh, what are the stories within this person I want to know, right? I think if that's yeah. how we travel first, then we have a pretty good shot. Yeah. And I really, and to give context, I enjoyed my time in, I was in Bene in West yeah. Africa. And so I spent six months there and that was a part of a practicum program that I was in because I studied international development and that was a part of that. But what I found during these different stints, like when I lived in Ireland and when I lived in Benet, and then I did some backpacking with my spouse, was uh, those qualities that you mentioned—that maybe to show up and be humble, to show up and yeah. take some, have some courage, and ask some questions of people, and try to get to know people you might not otherwise. I think that's what we have to pack when we're going on a trip. I remember
1: moving to Canada as a a sixteen year old, and I remember. Uh, moving to Winnipeg specifically, I remember the night that I arrived in Winnipeg, I remember stepping out of the airport, it was like, I don't know, minus 40 or something, and as soon as I stepped out of the airport, I stepped back into the airport, because mm-hmm. it was just too much of a shock, the temperature was a shock, but I knew there was a lot of things that were going to be a really shock to me, and I can imagine going, and that's one country, that's one city, where I can imagine traveling from cities to city, country to country, and New environment, a new community, a new culture that different from what you might be familiar with. What is that like as a traveler? What is what is that experience of like going through cultural shock after cultural shock? And is there like a moment for you know, time traveling that helped you understand how to navigate, you know, the different cultures and perspectives that you were interacting with?
0: I thought that it got perhaps easier or more straightforward as I changed cultures more often. But the first time when I went away when I was 18 and I moved to Ireland and I was quite by myself and had never been away from my family for more than like a week. I remember saying to myself over and over again, because it was at a boom time in Ireland. There were lots of, of migrants from elsewhere in Europe coming in, lots of wealth and jobs and that sort of thing. So And I just remember so many days thinking, man, I look Irish, I speak the dominant language here, and I'm finding this so hard to be here. I can't imagine. It just gave me such a reality check. That was the culture shock to me, was I've been living in Winnipeg my whole life and taking so much for granted in terms of feeling like I belong, like I have a home, like I have roots, all of these things, right? So for me, that was the most... Surreal was that long-lasting homesickness, because I was there for a year. That was a big thing, and that always stuck with me, that culture shock of realizing the culture I had been in for so long. Like, it wasn't so much about what was going on in Ireland as much as the reality check of my thinking and assumptions, right? So it was interesting, I studied international development, and before that practicum in West Africa, there's a lot of prep in terms of unpacking the invisible knapsack and white privilege and that sort of thing and that that was some time ago but then you go again and you realize the assumptions that you have and you still are kind of blown away the level of which you can think you're prepared and you're not prepared right so like (laughs) like larry said like or toby stepping out of the airport and going back in that's a great (laughs) analogy for for the culture shock I was in New Zealand at one point for a few months and then our plan was to fly to China when I travel I try to do everything overland unless I'm covering a long distance then I'll do one long-haul flight but I try and fly as low as possible and so it was like we had been gotten used to New Zealand and that that was pretty normal or reminded us a lot of Canada and social norms and then we were going to be flying to Hong Kong and all of a sudden at the airport still in Auckland but we're suddenly a minority within the group of people going, getting on the flight and we're like, wait a minute, we're going to China. <laughs> like, what are we doing? <laughs> and then we spent three months there. But I think that with practice, I we became more ready to step into that yeah. humility a little bit more and be like, we don't know. We need to observe and, and pay attention and, and try to be open and non-judgmental, right? So so I find that really fun, honestly, because that's when you get to learn. If you're ready to make that switch early, then you're in.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. what did that change for you? What changed for you coming back from?
0: Coming back from Ireland, it was pretty dramatic for me because I felt like I was only 18, right? So I felt like I had changed so much inside during that year, but no one could see it. And, and I was still the same person to people who have known me my whole life. So then it kind of becomes a pick and choose of, of okay, who am I now then? What what am I keeping? What am I preserving? What am I moving into? What am I letting go of? And it was funny because I spoke a little bit about how I became a mom right as the pandemic began. And I'd had all of my pregnancy, right? Like when I talked about assumptions, I had a whole pregnancy right up until 40 weeks, the due date, where I saw the world one way. And then I had Hmm. two weeks, my kid was overdue. And everything kind of crumbled outside. And I'm going, whoa, that felt like culture shock. That felt like I was stepping off a plane (laughs) into an entirely new country, yet I had just been in my house for weeks, right? And that identity change after having a kid, then I'm trying to pick and choose. It felt a little bit like coming home from Ireland, that trying to pick and choose what parts of me can I preserve? what parts do i want to let go of where do i go from here but there's a lot required of you in that phase of life right so so it's all kind of felt reminiscent of anything i Mm -hmm. learned from traveling i've tried to carry forward because it's really generous of people to have folks into their country (laughs) and to anyone who's welcomed me on arrival or let me i've done some couch surfing all of those things anybody who's opened their door cooked you a meal or or you know shown you around or pointed you to the bus stop that exists in every new experience that sometimes we need a person or a place or a home right that uh, i mean that that that's true because most times
2: when we think about vacation like traveling most of us think of like, you know, the bitch, just wanna go somewhere and You don't think about like all the things you just explain, like I wouldn't think of counting and then think of oh I'm going to go count. So for some reason there's still that part of me that wants the fancy vacation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I
0: know. Could it's it fine. be that you have an eighteen month old baby and <laughs> it would be really so <laughs> nice? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I know I right now I can't go count <laughs> for My desires have completely changed.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Do you find like a part of you missing, like, I wish I could just travel again? Or like, how's that been for you? You know, like just as a mom, what's he going to eat? Breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, all of those things. So like, do you find like a part of you missing, like, I wish I could just travel again? Or like, how's that been for you? You know, like just as a mom.
0: Yeah. Something
2: that you really love doing.
0: Well, I I learned a trick. I learned something from two people I spoke to on the Traveling Minds podcast. And one of them was Your Dear Toby. And another one was Daria Solomon. And what they have in common is that they're both authors. And towards the final episode of the podcast, when I started inviting authors on, I was like, these folks are having a good time. They can go on an adventure. They can choose the trip or the adventure and it requires a lot of empathy and reflection mm-hmm. and going deep and they can kind of choose the path right like daria had literally traveled with her family of four for a year and wrote a book about it but toby oh. chose a subject area that he was interested in that was provocative to him and created a world right like wrote a fiction mm-hmm. novel right so for me that was what stuck stuck out to me and i admired while working on that podcast in particular and after having my son that was what continued to stick out to me because my grandma had penned a book like literally in calligraphy she lived in rural Manitoba on a farm and so she wrote that after her kids moved out so so that's always been a part that I considered a part of identity and meeting writers and how I could see that they were going on trips and I've also met people who have gone on trips and it seems like they haven't traveled a minute, right? Like, like where, yeah. where they didn't take anything in or, or did, yeah. didn't enjoy it perhaps or see what was, wasn't was able to appreciate what was in front of them. So, so that to me really helped me as a mom bridge those yeah. parts of me that I can write adventurously yeah. and, and kind of create that from home. And it was a lifesaver in the yeah. pandemic. Another thing that really was lovely was that that summer my spouse was on parental leave and I'm self-employed. So we both had the luxury of time for about six months and we were able to camp still. Campgrounds weren't shut down and and we, so we were able to take our kid on as an infant on a whole lot of camping trips. And that felt like both travel and something that's really close to home for me um, and how I was raised. So those things definitely helped, but it's, it's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> and the sides of you that come yeah. out after having a kid. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, parenting can feel like an entirely different world sometimes. But I like that you still found space and time to travel. That trip you just described, did you go for that trip with filmer the car?
0: Oh, Vilma, yes, yeah, all of our camping trips we had after he was born. we had the car Vilma she's in my book too. We still have her, so we did two of the trips in her, but the the car seat didn't work great because she's a nineteen ninety seven yeah. Corolla. Yeah. initial trips, yes, but then after that we got a Prius and that one. that's become our travel buggy.
1: think got all because I feel like you know reading that in the book. It felt like his transition of some sort, like coming from this this 1997 car to appear as like a new car. Feels like you were going through a transition of some sort. And in another part of the book called Ocean, which I would like you to read for us, if you don't mind, like, you also talk about a little bit of a transition going into motherhood. Some context: the book is essentially your experience throughout the the first nine months of being a mother. And I think you captured it beautifully in the way you, know, you really just share about you know, how you're feeling, changes going on around you, how you kind of see life now, not a your more that. You did a great job of processing that, uh, articulating it in prose and poetry. Do you mind competing the ocean for us?
0: Sure, sure. Wow. It's been a while since I've looked at this. This is fun. Ocean. The Canadian ferries are landlocked. Basically, the furthest you can get from either Atlantic or Pacific Ocean in this giant country. The ocean and I, we don't know one another personally. Instead, it's an acquaintance I visit whenever the opportunity arises. Before becoming a mom, I dipped my toe into the world of babies. I've babysat, fed babies, changed diapers, but never for longer than a few hours. But now I'm deep into this motherhood. I delight at its vastness and how it never stops forcing me to adapt. By the same token, I struggle with how much having a baby pulls away from me. The ocean swells in a rising tide, and I alongside it. With each high tide, I love the island of our family. It's immersive, it's fun, it's messy. That's my style. But with low tide, I'm exposed. I don't know what to do with myself. Fatigue makes me apathetic. I'm losing touch with friends that don't have kids. My previous interests feel irrelevant. I've lost my independence. Talking about my baby feels like the only language I've ever spoken, and using the internet to do so is exhausting. I don't know who I am anymore. So the tide rises. It must also fall. Rise and fall. This little boy crawls across the entire room, breathless, to snuggle. My smile splits ear to ear, interrupted by his thick fingers that yank at my long red hair. He smiles, coy. Then spots a tag sticking out of my shirt. I laugh. It may as well be of made of gold. Rise and fall. My hip pain returns or the nap I was desperate for doesn't happen. Anticipatory grief or sadness for what is yet to be lost strikes. That sadness is compounded by the responsibility of bringing new life into the world. I read the news differently, noticing each and every story of a child lost. The accidents that happen anyway, virus or no virus. My head spins with stories. My heart fears empathy. Rise and fall. I search for poetry as I nurse, as I take the boy on walks, when I can't fall back asleep. I can step outside my head, outside the newsfeed and find symbolism, sometimes. The high and low tides have begun to blend. Relentless, unwelcome thoughts become a creative outlet. Low tide becomes more manageable, sometimes. Rise and fall.
2: This thing Was just pause and think. Yeah. <laughs> like That is the perfect response. Like is pause and think. Well, I mean. Yeah, no, like, no, that was beautiful. That was actually good.
1: I, I thought you know <laughs> you captured. Yeah. You know, can speak to it, like, I can obviously like, what that immediate experience is like for mothers, like, the first few days, the first few weeks, maybe the first few months, or what a mother is feeling—just a sense of joy, a sense of fear, a sense of yeah, worry, a sense of delight—all at once, all bottled up in one, one feeling, and then you talk about the rise and fall. For you, how did you deal with that? The, rise on the
0: As I was reading that, I was reminded that I wrote that because someone asked me, what would you write about that you are afraid to say? And that was how that came to exist. And that was one of the most therapeutic writing sessions that I had done, was writing that particular piece. So I'm touched that you, you suggested it. Because it once I find that once there's a metaphor or kind of a creative intermediary (laughs) to express yourself, then already you're not so alone, right? There's that ocean. I can't touch it. I'm in the prairies, but, but I have something to wrap my head around what I'm going through and it exists and it's of a natural force. And I can, I can kind of balance myself on this concept, right? So I just remember I wrote that and at the time we were allowed to go for walks and I went for a walk with a friend and I was just like, I'm so relieved I wrote this thing and I just feel like it's made it okay for me to feel the way I feel, right? So writing's really been, I think, the greatest coping mechanism, especially at that time. I'm really thankful for the project that I did of of making the book because it fed itself it was rarely an obligation. It was a kind of a need because I, I, you know, nothing was for certain, but, but I could write. So, so yeah, that relationship ended up being one that was very intense just for that time. And I'm not an advocate of like writing a book in the first nine months of a baby being born. It was more so that like a lot of the time, legit nothing was happening, like where we'd be weeks at home, just the three of us. So so it was simply no programming, no nothing, and and a great way for me to cope. But I'm curious, Toby. Though I wanted to ask, yeah, what resonates with you in that? Because you're also a new parent, you're you're a new dad. I know that I wrote it from the perspective of a mom, but what is that time like for you?
1: I think that piece captures everything in one. And I think it's difficult to, because in the first few months, people have asked me, what is it like to be a father. I'm like, I have no idea because I'm still figuring it out. I'm still going through the motions of it. I know that I feel joyful that, you know, there is this person that you know, we get to take care of or get to call finally for the rest of our lives. But I'm also worried of what the world is like mm-hmm. and what the world how the world presents itself to this person over time. At the same time, I'm also concerned that my, my, my wife, okay, like my, my wife, okay, she she's doing well, like, she's recovering well, you know. At the same time, I'm delighted because I know I'm always going to have a friend, my daughter. The rest of my life, like, it's going to be, we're going to have lots of experiences that memory do last last night, right? So it's all of these feelings and, it's very difficult to articulate it to anyone. But so I felt like this captures it, uh, the the undulation of it all, like the rising and the falling. That's really what resonated with me.
2: The fact that like, you can even write when you just give birth. Like I, I I think that's mind blowing because <laughs> I I read the book and I'm like, oh, I went through this, but if anyone was to ask me the same question, if you give me a book, I would be so glad. And I wouldn't have one, <laughs> like, I wouldn't have one word to put. The one word would basically be like the chaos, which basically you described it, where right, you're happy today and, you know, and the next minute you're sad, you know, and the next minute you're probably crying or you're like, oh my God, what's going on?
0: I started writing when my son was two months But what I've learned is that people are a really great cue for writing. I didn't start writing out of my own volition. I saw that there was a Zoom group that was going to write a book. Like, everybody's goal would be to write a book. And I was like, well, worst case scenario, or best case scenario, I write a book. Worst case scenario, I write a lot. And have something to do, you know, like, during a time when I don't know if I get to see my people, right? Right. So that became a big part of it, that I knew there were other people writing as well. And that, like I started Mom Along, my teeny business. And that always stayed in my mind because it ties in with the travel, right? Like people create the paradise you find. And for me, the writing, I don't think I would have done as much if there weren't other people kind of poking me. Like Like that oceans came from someone saying, what is something... Like that you feel is taboo or like you can't say, write about that. And just how we can, as people kind of reverberate around each other, right? I find that really inspiring, I guess. Mom, so I started it when my son was 14 months because I knew writing had really helped me. I knew that there was still no programming that my son and I could go to or that even I could go to and lockdowns were regularly happening so it was a spring where my friend had had a baby and she was anticipating an upcoming lockdown and she was really feeling anxious about it and how can I cope with this newborn and that circumstance and I was like I have this idea (laughs) but it pained me because I was like oh gosh how do I do this I'm going to facilitate writing on zoom like weird and does anybody even want me to do that I don't know but she wanted me to do that so so we did it there was a day it was a Monday in May and we did it Um, and I was very nervous but we did it and we did again the next week and the next week two other people showed up and we wrote together and I just tried out different writing prompts that I thought might be fun or interesting and I figured that if we can all agree to either have a good conversation or get some writing done, then we'd just call it a success because we all have babies to manage and I'm facilitating and it's all this thing. So anyway, kept going. We did five weeks with that group. And in the fall, there was another pending lockdown and I was like, you know what? There's still nothing going on. Like, let's try it again. So found a few more people. So now I've run six groups. And it's now like a, I choose between eight and nine weeks, but basically we write together on Zoom, but I set up the prompts and the weeks can vary, but basically it looks at your past of who you were and some storytelling prompts in there. It looks, and then the next few weeks look at the present and at birth stories. And then the last few weeks we write about the future. But all the exercises, like for one, I know Toby, you, you mentioned my car Vilma and that was in my book. It's an object, but it becomes very symbolic, right? So we've done mm-hmm. sessions, for example, where we're just doing object writing. We bring an object that holds some meaning for us. We write about it, but it gives us a chance to gather our thoughts as people who haven't possibly slept or who are a little bit sick that day or whatever or have their own things going on or their baby's awake today and he was supposed to be napping et cetera, et cetera. but you have a chance to collect your thoughts a bit on paper and then go into breakout rooms with it. people in the same phase of life and tell them about things that matter to you so it becomes just a really natural storytelling group and community group really and it's just been such a thrill and a pleasure because it offers an option like last winter The war in Ukraine had just started. There was a lockdown. There's a lot of vaccine tension. Like people had a lot of stresses around them and keeping their babies safe stuff, you know. And so to be able to be in a creative space, I create the playground, right? There's, There's community guidelines. There's rules so that, you know, we're not looking to fix anybody. We're not looking to, we're looking to tell our stories, tell our life stories and support one another forward. So it's really just a simple group that connects through writing. It's been, yeah, it's been really beautiful because people can take whatever creative risks they want. And and it blows my mind how people can manage to share a piece of themselves and also receive other stories so fully when there's so many rights and wrongs in new parenthood and things being marketed to you and all of these things. We set it aside, say we're here to write, communicate, both, either, and see what we can do today. So it's, it's a bit
1: of magic. You found a way to do something that, you know, school teachers, professors, writing coaches, like myself, or publishers, something that they find very difficult to do, which is to get people to actually be interested in writing.
0: <laughs> it's hard.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So how do you get these moms to focus on writing? How do you get the moms who are going through settling into motherhood? How do you get them to start sharing their thoughts and to actually write? How do you do that?
0: One of the earliest things I say is I tell them about my grandma. Sorry, I choke up whenever I talk about my grandma because I find it so inspiring. She lived on a farm throughout her life. She wrote newsletters about her family And then she wrote a book in calligraphy about her family. Did she have a bunch of writing certificates and degrees and all this background and stuff? No. She made a choice and she believed in herself and in the stories she was telling and the people she was telling about it. And that, that had value. And that to also exist in an isolated setting, in a farmhouse or perhaps during the pandemic or anything that can help you to feel like you got it down today, you existed today, and to remind yourself that writers are people who write. Mothers are people who mother. Fathers are people who father. We are doing the verbs, right? And sometimes we get tangled in the good enough and all of these things, am I a good mom, am I not? It doesn't matter, I'm still showing up today. So I can show up as a writer too, and I don't need to get in the weeds about, about whether or not it's good enough, right? So so I try and connect in some way on that subject that because I really do believe it that like like they've gone through a huge transition, no matter who it is, if they're showing up to this, they've gone through a huge transition and they've they've already got everything it takes to be in the mom along because they understand how to verb your way into feeling like the noun. We don't always feel like we're moms, but we still have to do the thing (laughs) some days, right? So that's been a lovely connection once once we're able to recognize that, I think it's all good, and I'm goofy, so like i'll sometimes I write whatever, and I'll read it out loud word for word, and you know break the ice and and make make those things happen so that we can throw good out the window and simply be people who write
2: That's very interesting to hear. I don't think I've ever heard of anyone create a session like this for mothers um how rewarding has it been you know you gather with moms every like seven to nine weeks and then you write like how has that made you feel how has that been for you
0: it's been like such an obsession and so exciting having people come together the things they say about the sessions but also like i just started instagram in january for it and i've been running it for almost two years without any social media and it's just been word of mouth right So that's been just a huge testament to the dynamite people who have taken this thing. Like it took courage to offer it, but they've participated courageously. They've tapped their friends on their shoulders and said, Hey, I needed this and I didn't know I needed it. And I'm really glad I did it. You know, that sort of thing where they've done the sell on my behalf, which has been really incredible. I think it's also connected to... The pandemic as well and I have noticed that this year it's been smaller cohorts than last year for sure so I think I have some work to do as well because I love it I love it to bits so I need to continue being able to do it but registration has been lower this year and I anticipate that I need to create something as deeply valuable but that meets people where they're at now because as I was creating this I often asked myself oh What do I need? What, how would, how could this be immediately rewarding for me? And so it's like, okay, well, I would love to write about places today and like kind of get a sense of home with people. So that's what I would do one day. And that's how I would create a session, right? Of what I needed. But now with me not being a new mother, you know, I have a three year old now. Want to create something deeply relevant, but also meet people at the stage they're at now, especially in this post pandemic climate right so so I have some work to do this spring and summer I want to launch another session in the fall and and that's definitely I'm looking towards how do we create something deeply meaningful that leaves people space for their own brilliance so that they can have that eureka I am creative I never thought of myself that way or I never thought I'd tell that story (laughs) to a bunch of people I don't know and I'm so glad I did or that that relief or even to write the first page of your birth story something like that right like these are all big things i want to offer that but i'm thinking i need to have some in-person component potentially something like that to make it yeah meet people where they're at now yeah
2: i totally agree about in person because there's a there's an activity at the library that i go for with ivana and I find that a lot of moms, like new moms, you'll see people that have like seven day old baby or like the month-old baby, they would show up. And even though like their baby can't participate in the activity just yet, like they would show up and just sit down. So I totally agree that new moms find something to leave the house. Like it's never easier. Even when I was, I just gave birth. I actually wanted to go out any opportunity, like not not like I didn't mind going anywhere quiet and just sit down there. But I think just being around, being in nature, there was something about that. So I totally agree that new moms would love the idea of being in person.
0: Yeah, if it's hybrid, because that's the one thing that's kind of incredible. You know how curbside shopping has opened the door for perhaps folks with physical disabilities to get what they need to get. More chronic illness and all of these things. It's opened the door for folks, right? So I do think new motherhood and Zoom has been very helpful because we get a lot of writing done because babies can be napping or they can be playing in their space and you know when they're safe and you know the environment, right? But to have that and then the cherry on top be some really electric in-person gatherings where like you said you go to the library thing and I've been to some library events and stuff but it's rare that I get introduced by name you know at the library thing so let's make something happen in person where it's mom got you here baby (laughs) now let's go let's see mom and and really just really connect that group to each other so so those are some yeah I'm going to be chewing on it for this spring and summer and I'm excited about the next chapter of it but I'm definitely I think I'm at a crossroads of it and I know it's electric and that there's incredible possibilities just because of the people who have shown up so far I think it I think it has legs but it's hard to make decisions we go into a lot of you're both I'm guessing like self-employed in different ways right and it's nice that you have this relationship to talk about Business and the podcast and stuff like that because I find it you really have to have your bubble of love of of entrepreneurs or of people who go through the same second guessing <laughs> rhythms.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, tell me about it. You, you you definitely need people around you as an entrepreneur. You need people who are you know, going through the same journey of starting something, or you know, building a business and just navigating the different, you know, challenges that come with that. You definitely need people around you. How are you balancing being a writer, being a mother, being a business owner? How are you balancing all of that? And what strategies have you used that help you find some success so far? Well,
0: for me, lately, I think it... For me, there's like two questions or two things. The writing helps me to balance it all because I'll like, I'll write about a problem and I'll talk to the problem that I'm having or the decision I'm trying to make. Like, so in and of itself of being a writer, even to just get that pen to the page and try to chew on something, I think that's all quite complimentary. But the biggest thing for me too is how can this process be as rewarding as possible? so that the outcome doesn't quite matter, right? How can I get as much as I can out of putting it together and making it all happen? happen? So that's, that's kind of the biggest thing for me. And that was it with Mom Along. It was like, okay, well, let's start by writing things that I feel like writing about today, <laughs> right? And I'll set up prompts and conversations that I'm interested in having. And that was really, or what do I need as somebody with a 15-month-old, with an 18-month-old? And that was where it started coming from just to get my legs because I was like, well, at least I have the feedback of how I experienced that session. And I always write in the session with everyone because I was like, okay, well, in exercise classes for new moms, the instructor also exercises. And I admire that because you're you're getting paid to do your workout.
1: Oh, yeah, that makes so much sense. I never actually said that way. Well, maybe... Thank you so much for being on the show today. Really appreciate you. Where can people reach you, people connected to you?
0: Oh, I would love it if people join the email list, either at libbyj.ca or momalong.ca. If you're particularly interested in me as a person, I'd say libbyj.ca and then momalong.ca if you're a new mom or pregnant expecting I'm still going to be doing zoom offerings forever because I really believe in it and some optional in-person stuff so that's the best way <laughs>
1: thank you so much Libby and thank you everyone for listening I really appreciate you guys tuning in today please continue to support us leave a rating share a review follow us on instagram at out that sound podcast we, we really appreciate the engagement we get it so far Thanks, everyone. Talk to you next week. Bye.
0: Thank you, Yubi, and have a good week, everyone. Bye. Thank you both. It was a lovely chat. Thanks for talking to me.